0: following is a presentation of Amarillo Fellowship, a community dedicated to spreading the love and hope of Christ. For more information and other podcasts, visit Fellowship. You can be seated this morning. Well, we have been in this reset series and it has been so, so good. If you have not had the opportunity to hear all of the messages, I want to encourage you to go back and listen to those messages. The first one was about three weeks ago, and um, you can either do that by going to our Amarillo Fellowship app, downloading that, and the podcasts are on that. You can just listen to them. You can go to our website, or you can check us out on the Facebook app, and you can watch either the 9.30 or eleven. 15, no, nine thirty or eleven fifteen services. Either one of those you can do. But a few weeks ago, Richie started out talking about who Jesus really is, and that Jesus is the only way to life, and when you choose Him, you have chosen life. John fourteen verse six says this: "I am the way, the truth, and the life." But God is not going to make you choose Him. It's of your free will to choose him. But when you surrender fully to him, Jesus changes everything. He truly does. Jesus will change everything in your life when you fully surrender your life to him. Then the following week, Richie talked about the power of our words. And as much as we talk about the power of our words, and we get up week in, and week in and week out, and we stand up and we declare what we just declared, we still have issues with our words. Sometimes we're saying things that we should not be saying. And so, so as much as we, are, we talk about it, it's crazy how much we need to be reminded to tame our tongue and to speak words of life. Okay, so this is what James says in James chapter 3 verses 8 and 10 through 10 it says this, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who've been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth both praise and cursing my brothers and sisters this should not be. So James is talking to the, the early church and he's saying, okay, what we've got going on here is um, we've got, um, we've got out of the same mouth, you're praising, praising God. And, and then out of their same mouth, you're cursing people that are made in the likeness of God. And he's saying, this should not be, he's trying to remind us and tell us what, what you're saying. You should not be saying those things about people. Be careful of what you're saying and how you're using your tongue. So I believe this has been an issue for our entire existence as human beings is to tame this tongue. Our tongue sets the course for our life. Ponder that for just a moment. Our tongue sets the course for our life. What we are speaking today is setting our future for tomorrow. If you don't like where your life is right now, Think about what it is you've been saying for a while. Think about that for just a second. What you've been saying, if you don't like where your life is at right now, what is it that you've been saying and what is it that you've been declaring over your life for a while? What we're speaking will probably be running parallel to our life. What you should be seeing in your life. You will probably be seeing in your life what you are saying out of your mouth. This is why we have to reset the tongue and we have to reset our words. And then last week, Richie talked about the power of actually talking about resetting our mindsets. This was really, really good. And if you didn't get to hear that message last week, please go back and listen to this one. This was so good. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5 says, We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take every thought to make it obedient obedient to Christ. He talked about how the strongholds in our life are houses of thoughts and that the way we break those is to speak over those thoughts and we make those obedient to Christ. If you were here last week, he had us like start counting to 20 in our mind. And then after we were, he was counting for a few, after he gave us a second to do that, he said, now say your name out loud. And as soon as we did that, You lost track of where you were in your counting. The point of that is, is that our words are more powerful than the things that we, than the things that we speak. And we can break the thought patterns by speaking God's word over our life. It's a choice, but we have to speak the right things to combat what the, the mind is doing on the inside. And that's how you break strongholds that have been in your life for so long. The battle is won or lost. It begins right here in the mind, the battlefield of the mind. How many of you guys know what I'm talking about? There is a battle that takes place in the mind. So I'm going to give you an example of that. You know, um, Richie likes to use me as an example, like on a weekly basis. So I'm going to get to talk about him today. (laughs) I love my husband. He's so awesome. Um, but in all honesty, okay. So we can have a relationship issue. Let me, just as an example for Richie, I could I could say, okay, so I have an expectation that he should cook me dinner, and um, <laughs> I want him to cook me dinner. Or you know, just something that I have an expectation of, and he doesn't meet that expectation, and then I get a little frustrated, and then I start going, man. I told him I really wanted him to cook me dinner, and I start going, man, he never does anything for me. And then by the time it's by the time I've let my mind run with it, I've, I'm thinking that he doesn't even love me anymore. That everything else is a higher priority than me, and I've let it go to a place that it was never meant to go to. If I don't stop, if I don't stop, what's right there in the mind. I can let something that was small become a giant mountain in my life if I don't stop what it is that I am allowing in my mind. So I have to stop it. I have to take every thought and make it obedient to Christ, and I have to let it go. Now, that's just a simple little example. But you guys know what I'm talking about because there's relationship issues. You get frustrated with your boss at work. You think you've been mistreated. Um, you think you've, you know, the promotion was not given to you. It was given to somebody else. All the things that we start thinking about in our life, and we start, we start saying these negative things in our life. This is where we have to take hold, um, take captive those thoughts that are in our mind, and we have to make them obedient to Christ. So I wanted to kind of recap all the things that Richie's talked about because um, it goes completely along with what I'm, I'm going, this, this whole reset series just goes together and I'm going to be talking about resetting our hearts. Now I know for me, I have to reset my heart like on a really, um, all the time, all the time. And if I was real honest, I should do it more often than I do it. Because um, our hearts can get messed up and in a bad place very, very quickly. I've seen it happen to so many people. Um, just get our hearts in a bad place. And then before you know it, we're, 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 living in a, we're living in a world we don't even know how we got there. So here's a good question. How do we know what's really going on in our heart? How can we evaluate our heart? This is what Luke 6.45 said says, A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. So let me read this in the Amplified Version. The upright, honorable, intrinsically good man out of the good treasure stored up in his heart produces what is upright, honorable, and intrinsically good, and the evil man out of the evil storehouse brings forth what that which is deprived, wicked and intrinsically evil, for out of the abundance or overflow of the heart the mouth speaks. So how do you know what's really in your heart? By what overflows out of your mouth? So I'd like to just get real for a minute. Can I just can I talk to you about real life for a second, where we all live on a daily basis? That is going to be like okay, that can relate to me because I deal with this on a daily basis. Um, so I'm thinking, what if you had your phone in your purse or it was in your it was in your pocket or something, and it was on the record mode like all day long, and you didn't realize it, and you you took out your phone at the end of the day, you're like, man, there's like 24 hours of talking. No, and so you decided to listen to it. <laughs> Took you a whole day to listen to yourself again. No, but you listened to what you said. I, what, what would you hear if you recorded your day and all the things that you said? What would, your, what would your words look like? What would they sound like? What would you be saying? What would you be hearing back to yourself? That What is coming out of your mouth? It might surprise you, actually. Would you hear encouraging uplifting conversations, edifying others and encouraging others, or would you hear murmuring, complaining, gossip, bagbiting murmuring is like man, you know just just that irritation about somebody or something like man, you know just just a constant negativity how you doing oh i guess i'm just i'm okay i'm I'll make it, I guess. You know what I mean? No positive, but it's just on that negative, this feeling negative. Um, How many times have we said things? I think that we say things a lot of times, maybe, that are just out of habit. We've gotten into the habit of saying things because we've said them for so long. We don't even really know that we're saying them anymore. That's why it'd be so cool if you could go back and listen to yourself. You might be surprised at the things that you're hearing coming out of your mouth. Like, um, here's some that I was thinking of this week. Say, God was speaking to me like before I ever got up here to speak today. So the Lord was showing me one that I was talking about this week. I've been saying for the last two weeks, I'm so overwhelmed Man, I feel so overwhelmed. There's just so much on my plate right now. How am I ever going to get all this stuff done? I'm so overwhelmed. I'm so overwhelmed. Well, you know what? That has really not helped me. It's only made me me feel more anxious and more worried and more overwhelmed. What I could say is, you know what? I have a lot of things on my plate right now, but I know God's going to give me the grace to do every single thing that is put before me today. And I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength because I know I'm a creative, I'm a cre- creative genius and God's going to show me exactly what to do and how to do it so I can accomplish everything that I need to accomplish for the kingdom this week. I can change my words even though I still may feel like there's a lot on my plate. I can go, okay, I can take a deep breath and I can go, okay, God, you've got this. You've got this. You're going to give me the wisdom to know how to get through the day, get through the week, through the day, and I'm not overwhelmed. But we say things like, I'm so tired, I'm so overwhelmed, I just can't handle this anymore, this job is killing me, I can't stand that person. So, these are the things that we may seem like, you know, you have a conversation with one of your business coworkers or whatever, and you get in the car and you're just frustrated with them and you just go off to your wife in the car about it, you know, or whatever, you just, we gotta be careful of the things that we're saying. We may seem like in those moments that we're just being real. But what the word says is that what's in our heart is going to flow out, overflow out of our heart, out of our mouth. Okay, so here's another one. How about gossip? I don't gossip. I'm just venting to a friend. So when you're negatively talking about anyone behind their backs, it is gossip. Period, and it hurts those people who you talk negatively about behind their back. We, you you know that James just describes that very thing. And James, as he's talking about that, we got to be careful what our words say. The things that we let into our heart that that come out, um, we got to be careful that we're not gossiping. Now, there's the difference between now. There's people that come and talk to us; they we give them godly counsel, but it is to get resolved from a situation. Not to just vent and to get frustrated and to say bad things about a person. So there's a total, there's a difference. And you know the difference. You know what you're doing when you're doing that. And so I just want to say just we need to be careful of the things that are coming out of our hearts. And I've had people that have called me and tried to get me to get into that game and say, hey, talking, trying to talk bad about other people. And I just say, you know what, I'm sorry that you're dealing with that. Why don't we get together with that person and let's just get that worked out. Either you can do it or I can I can make it happen. We can all three get together. And it's amazing how quickly that stops. So Stephen Covey said this, if you want to retain those who are present, be loyal to those who are absent. If you want to retain those who are present, be loyal to those who are absent. Okay, so um, what about social media today? Social media, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, all those things. We have to even be careful what we are airing out on Facebook and all that. Be careful that we're not airing out our dirty laundry in a place that is not meant for that. Just be, being very careful because what's, what's happening is what's in our heart is coming out and is getting onto the pages and we're not getting healed from what is inside our heart. And God wants us to be kind, uplifting, encouraging because you are the light of the world, So here's what David said in Psalm 139, 23 and 24. It says, search me thoroughly, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there's any wicked or hurtful way in me and lead me into the way of everlasting. And the message, it says it like this. Investigate my life, O God. Find out everything about me. Cross-examine and test me. Get a clear picture of what I am about. See for yourself whether I have done anything wrong and then guide me on the road to eternal life. I love the way that David talks to God because he's just like, search my heart, search everything about me. If there's anything in me that's not from you, I want it out. Why? I love that last line. So he will guide him on the road to eternal life. It's so that we can walk in the abundant life-giving life here on this earth today. Most of us really don't want God investigating our life or cross-examining us. The thought of that actually happening could terrify us if we didn't understand the mercy and the grace of God that's in our life today. Thank goodness for his blood that covers over us and makes us righteous before him. Even in our sin, Christ still loved us. And even in our, in, even in our, in our things that we are not making, when we're making mistakes, I man, God does not hold that against us. He loves us unconditionally. We are his. When we are, when we have given our life to Christ, man, we are his, we are his. But you know, that we come to God and we have baggage and we have things in our life. And it says, we work out our salvation with fear and tripling, which just means, man, God's working things out in us all the way until we get to heaven. So there's going to be things in our life that God's going to show us from time to time, and it's because he wants to, he wants to heal us from the inside out, from things in our life that maybe we've been holding on to for a long time. So here is a good question. How can you know what's really going on in someone's heart? How can you know? You can look at your neighbor, look at the person next to you, and just you can just see, hey. can you know what's in their heart by just, looking at him you really can't How, you can't really know what's in someone else's heart only God really knows what's in a person's heart because even for us we don't even really truly know what's in our heart but God wants us to get to a place where we start opening up our hearts to him and to each other. And there's different levels of opening up your heart to people. There's different levels of that in your life. You know, God, God doesn't expect us to open up and complete, be completely transparent and vulnerable with every person that we come in contact with. That would not be good. But he does want us to be in a healthy relationships to where we can open up. Because in those relationships is how God brings healing. That's why connect groups and small groups are so important, is getting into those small groups so you can be a part of something that God can heal you. So I'm going to pull my friend Kathy up here for just a second. She told me after the first service, she goes, man, that was trust, baby. <laughs> okay, so Kathy and I have known each other for about seven years. And uh, there's a lot of things that I don't know about Kathy. Man, she, Kathy is very witty. She's very funny. Um, she's going to start laughing right now. <laughs> When Kathy starts laughing and she starts laughing really hard, you can't get her to stop. It's like it's just all over from there. It's all over. You just got to give her her time to just bring herself back together and she'll come back. (laughs) So, but she's very witty. She's very funny. There's things that I know about Kathy. Kathy's married to Flint, who runs our sound. And um, Kathy has two kids. She's got a son and a daughter. She's got three grandkids. Um, She loves the ocean. She loves snorkeling. She just, um, the things that I know about her, um, she loves music. But she doesn't like just one kind of music. She likes all different kinds of music. Um, There's a lot of things about Kathy that um, you guys might know or you might not know. But I know a lot of things about her because we spent time together. We work on a worship team together. We share our hearts with each other. So there's a lot of things that I know about Kathy. Some of the th- deeper things that I know about Kathy is that I know that one day when they retire, they'd like to maybe live on a boat and travel around in the Caribbean now. Well, that would be awesome, huh? Who wouldn't like that? <laughs> I keep praying that she doesn't really want to do that. <laughs> no, you really don't. Because <laughs> I want to keep her all around here. For, I don't want to lose my friend. Yeah. Um, but um, some other things about Kathy, she writes music. But if you didn't know that about her, you just knowing her, you wouldn't know that she writes her own music, that she loves to lead worship. She leads worship here. But um, she loves to also take people and invest in their lives. And she, she's good at taking um, people and pulling things out of them that you would never, that most people couldn't do. She can call things out in people and, and, and get them to do things that they didn't even think they could do. That's a good coach. She's a good coach. So she's good at doing those kind of things. Some other things that are a little bit deeper is I know that deep in her heart, like she's written this thing called the Nativity, and she's working on that. It's, it's a Christmas thing, and um, that's something that she really wants to complete. All those things that I know about Kathy, those are still surface things in a lot of ways because I still don't know the deepest things of Kathy's heart. I know a lot about Kathy But I still don't know her heart completely. Because only her and God can really know. I don't really know what God has spoken to her completely. Now, she shared some things to me that God has shown her about her life. But I still don't know what she knows about what God's spoken to her life. And even she doesn't know everything that God is, everything about her own heart. Does that make sense? Okay, you can go. I love you. That's trust trust right there. She didn't know what I was going to say about her. Okay, at a deeper level would be even than my husband. There are things that um, I wouldn't share, I haven't shared with Kathy, but I've, But my relationship with my husband is we have a very trusting, open marriage relationship. There's 25 years of trust. There's, a, there's 25 years of going through some pretty hard things, some challenging things, but we've come through on the other side, and God has been faithful, and there is a lot that's been built over the years of being being married, so there's different levels in our lives. There's there's friends that we're going to just say, hey, I mean, just hey, how are you? Kind of friends. Then there's going to be people who you really become friends with, and then there's others that you're going to really start opening up your heart to them. Now this is where it gets really interesting because this is the level that we have the greatest place to find the most deep lasting friendships and relationships if we will open up our heart, and it's also the place where we can get the deepest wounds and hurts. Many people never choose to go to this level or any deeper because of the fear of pain that they've experienced from past relationships. And I want to tell you, I believe that the Lord has has put this on my heart today because I believe that he wants to heal you from the inside out today if you'll let him. So something happened and you've said, I'm never going to let that person, I'm never going to let anybody in close like that again. I'm never going to let anybody get that deep in my heart again. I'm never going to trust like I did with that with anybody because it's not worth the cost of what the pain is if I do. Does anybody relate to that this morning? Amen. So you build up walls and you don't let even the people who love you in or are trying to love you in because of the past wounds and hurts that have brought pain into your life. This includes family, friends, your spouse, and even your relationship with Christ. can be. Um, there can be some boundaries that you even put on Jesus. On your relationship with Christ, because you're afraid if you let Him in, you're not sure what He's gonna see and if He's gonna like what He sees, and if He sees it, you may be rejected. I wanna tell you that God loves us so much. Even in our darkest points, God loves us absolutely, unconditionally, without strings attached. He does. And I know that we have, we've had people in our lives, and even when I talk about Christ, we've had disappointments. There have been things that may have disappointed you in your life um, that you may have put blame even on Christ or on God. We had um, Richie's sister, his mom and both of his sisters passed away with cancer. His mom was 52, and his sisters were um, 45 and 42 when they passed away with cancer. And I have to tell you, that was a situation in my life that we had to decide whether we were going to trust and believe God or if we were going to just become bitter and, and angry with God for taking away a mom and two sisters that we loved very much. But we chose to believe what God's word says. And I know that there's things, there's been disappointments and things that have happened even in your own life. It could be related to with something that happened in your life. It could be a God issue. It could be a relationship issue. It could be a past marriage issue. But I'm telling you, when we we release those things to God, He will heal us from the inside out if we will let Him. Even we don't even know our own hearts. Jeremiah 17, 9 says this, The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? Jeremiah, let me read this in the message version, and I love it. I'm going to go to the next verse in this. It says, The heart is hopelessly dark and deceitful, a puzzle that no one can figure out. But I, God, search the heart and examine the mind. I get to the heart of the human. I get to the root of things. I treat them as they really are, not as they pretend to be. So this is God speaking, and he said, you know, this is, God says, I search the heart and I examine the mind. So here we are again with the heart issue and the mind, the battlefield of the mind, and I get to the heart of the human. I get to the root of things, and he treats them as they really are, not as, we, as, they, as they pretend to be. How many of us, we walk in uh, to work, we come into church, and we have a smile on our face, We look like we have it all together, but what's really going on? What's really going on behind the scenes, behind the heart? God only knows those things, and he knows them, and he wants to get to the root of the issue, right? That's what the word says. He wants to get to the root, and he wants to treat them as they really are and not as they pretend to be. We can pretend all day long. But God wants to get to the root because he wants to bring healing to that. And when that happens, I believe that God, what happens is there's open, honest communication. And what's happened in our lives is we have these things in our life that we've stuffed up somewhere in a crevice up in our hearts or in a closet somewhere. And we've, we've stuffed it back there so we don't have to deal with it. And we don't want to bring it out because we're afraid of what happens when we bring it out into the light. But when we bring it to the light, God brings the healing. It's what's left in the darkness that is so damaging to our lives. But God wants to bring it to the light so that he can heal it. And so the more, the more secrets that we keep, the more things that we keep hidden from God. Do you understand that God, you're not hiding anything from God? He already knows everything about you. And he says, even while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He still loved us. Even in our deepest, darkest sins, God still loved you. So the fear of rejection, I think, keeps us from opening up our heart and being transparent, being vulnerable and getting the healing and the help that we need in our lives. But God wants open, honest communication. Open, honest honest communication just like david said cross examine examine me investigate my heart see if whatever is in there and see if you you know show me what's inside me so you can lead me on the way to eternal life i believe that god wants to take the broken pieces of our heart and he wants to heal them today if we will let him in, he already knows our hearts. It's just a matter of us being open and transparent with him about what he already knows about us. I know the secrets that you keep. Y'all know that song? Anyway, I, know, I don't know about you, but I want to be a woman. I want to be a woman after God's own heart. I want that... Um, I pray that that's your desire as well. I want to be pleasing to God. I want to desire the things that God desires. I want to know what pleases God. And those are the things I want to do. And the only way that I'm going to get to that place is when I have open, honest communication with God. That my heart is open. My heart is transparent so that he can speak to me. That he can can heal me from the inside out. There's one person in the Bible that God talks about and he says that he's a man after my own heart. And I just thought it would be really good for us, as we're starting to wind down here, to talk about the life of, the, of King David and find out why would God say that about him. David was probably the greatest worship leader and songwriter in history. I can envision him sitting underneath a tree as he's you know, watching his you know, sheep and he's just playing his guitar or his harp, whatever he played back then, and he's just singing a new song. The entire book of Psalms, pretty much the whole book was written by David. And you hear him singing out. I mean, the things that he says to, to God while he's playing. And the new, songs that he, the new songs that he writes are amazing. It's just very transparent, open, and vulnerable to God. And growing up, I heard that David was a man after God's own heart because he was a man who repented after he sinned. You know, but there are many people in the Bible who repented after they sinned, but God didn't call them a man or woman after his own heart. So, what was it that set David apart and made him different? In Psalm 132, verses 1 through 5, I don't know, we had some weird stuff happen with our projectors today, so I'm sorry that there's only this one, so that's really weird for me. I'm looking over there and there's nothing there. Lord, remember David and all his self denial. He swore an oath to the Lord, he made a vow to the mighty one of Jacob. I will not enter my house or go to my bed. I will, not, I will allow no sleep to my eyes or slumber to my eyelids till I find a place for the Lord, a dwelling for the mighty one of Jacob. David was saying, I'm not going to rest until the Ark of the Covenant is back in Jerusalem and has a dwelling place, a temple to dwell in. The significance of that is the Ark in the Old Covenant represented the very presence of God. You know, when, when Christ came and he died on the cross and it said, he said, it is finished, the veil was ripped from the top to the bottom, the new, new covenant was established, and we were able then to go, it says we are now able to go boldly into the throne at any time, day or night, 24-7, 365, and talk to God about anything at any time. That was not the case back then. It was that it had to go through the priest, and the priest had to go before God for you. And this is the the Ark of the Covenant that was the very presence of God. It's where God spoke to the Jewish people, and it's where the high priest would go in and atone for the sins of the nation, and they would be forgiven for that year. But today, that would be the house of God, the presence of God, the children of God. To be a man or woman after God's own heart, I believe, is to be a man or a woman who loves what God loves. To love his presence, to love his church, to love his bride. God loves the church. You understand that the church is God's idea. It was not man's idea. It was God. He says, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. So the church has always been God's idea. I just think culturally, we've just gotten to a place where the church is like this negative thing. The church is not a negative thing. The church is a, a powerful force if we will come together and do what God's calling us to do in the kingdom of God. God loves his church. God loves his bride. You and I are the church. We are the bride of Christ. God now dwells in us and in among us. And he commissions us to come together and to worship cor- corporately. We were never meant to live this life alone. We're meant to live our lives together. We are better together. Matthew six twenty one: For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I'm going to ask the worship, Charlie, if you'll come up. Or, um, the word "treasure" means in the Webster's means wealth or riches stored or accumulated, especially in the form of precious metals, money, jewelry, valuable things, or anything a person, uh, anything or a person, greatly valued and highly prized. You understand? You are God's treasure. We are God's treasure. Where? your treasure is there your heart will be also do you want to know where your heart is where is your treasure let your treasure be in the things of christ and the things that god loves be a part of those things and you're going to be you're going to be pleasing to the lord in those things he loves to we need to love what he loves you're going to know where your heart is by where your wealth and your treasure, where your wealth and your riches are, and by what is overflowing out of your mouth. There's a lot of things that are objective, but there are these two things are things that you can measure. When you can see where your treasure is, where your wealth and where your riches are, and when you can see what's coming out of your mouth, those are two things that you can measure and see. Where is my heart? Where is my heart? You know what I know for a lot of for a lot of people we have a hard time going you know I really want you to Lord just go ahead and see what's in me but I want to I want to give us an opportunity to do that this morning because I really believe that this is the moment that some of you have come here today for and you're ready for a breakthrough you're really tired of it being the same way it's been for so long and enough is enough enough is enough and you're ready to move past the issues that have been blogged, that have been holding you back, the chains that have been c- kind of keeping you bound up, and God wants to set you free from that this morning. You know, it's a, it's a matter of our heart surrendering to God. Man, when He's speaking to you, if you'll just say yes to Him, I'm telling you, He'll melt your heart just like that warm, warm fire. Just warm our hearts today you can reset your heart you too can become a man or a woman after God's own heart you can pursue Jesus and bring him back to the center of your life make Jesus the centerpiece of every aspect of your life make him the center of your marriage of your family of your career of your finances And allow the fullness of the blessings to flow in your life in a new way today. And reset your heart. I want to give us just a moment here at the end of the service where we can just, everybody just... This has been a presentation of Amarillo Fellowship, a community dedicated to spreading the love and hope of Christ. For more information and other podcasts, visit AmarilloFellowship.com.